Welcome, everybody. This is our new segment that we are doing called Fear.FM. The name doesn't really matter, but this is going to be something we're doing just to talk about. Uh, what is it going to be? Obscure horror movies? Um, horror movies that I I think deserve a chance to be talked about that maybe don't get talked about enough. Um, today's movie is The Old Ways. And I'm going to start off with a synopsis, even though we've seen it. <laughs> um, but Christina, a journalist of Mexican origin, because that matters, travels to her ancestral home in Veracruz to investigate a story of sorcery and healing. There she is kidnapped by a group of locals who claim she's the devil incarnated. I'm going to, this is the official synopsis, and I already have issues because that's not the vibe I got from the the movie (laughs) um so after we talk about it we'll let the audience um make their own assumptions but yeah i mean before we do that um i do want to talk about dc fandom here real quickly just because it was a lot better than i expected to be honest Um, we got a lot of cool stuff that was announced um daniel what was your favorite part of it i only saw the flash and um and also the animated Catwoman trailer and the Batman trailer. Uh, definitely looking forward to the Catwoman animated one. Right. That looks pretty cool. Like, I I never thought I would care for, like, something that looked, like, anime style for Catwoman. But uh, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. I know I know Kristen's really interested. She loves Catwoman. So um, when I told her about it, she, she was intrigued because she does dabble with anime. But... Um, after seeing the trailer, um, I'm probably going to check it out. And honestly, DC animation is where they shine most often. So it's very true. It's, yeah. That and Injustice. Trailer, but yes. it sounds awesome. Yeah. What about you, Justin? From what you saw, um, what what caught your eye the most? Uh, probably Black Adam. Like the the reveal finally getting to see the rock like what it's been like 10 years or something since they announced (laughs) so that was really cool finally getting to see a bit and i liked like it went pretty gruesome i liked that like pretty hardcore with like him just picking that dude up and frying him (laughs) yeah like just dusted him um Yeah. yeah it's I have this hate for The Rock. I, I don't know why I loved him when he used to wrestle and he started acting. And I think it was just like the first movies he made that really like gave me a bad taste about him. But I mean, he's turning it around. And Indian King, the class. <laughs> um, oh, that God. movie has probably the best CGI in any film in history. Okay. His first appearance as the Scorpion King in The Mummy 2 is. Yes. <laughs> It looked like some test footage that just got leaked. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was like a PlayStation 1 test demo. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad. Um, but no, I, yeah, honestly, I think um, it was just his choice of roles. It was the same thing with John Cena. You know, he he came out and he started doing movies like, what was that movie called? Like 12 Rounds or something. Like just these weird action films that like exploit they're like wrestling moves and all this dumb stuff um the wwe uh studios films right right yeah Yeah. so marine and like yes yeah see no evil with kane (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I know he liked that movie. <laughs> That's, I don't know what it is. But yeah, I mean, there's something about him with his wandering eye just hunting people down with a hook that just piqued my interest. But, you know, John Cena, like now with like Peacemaker, um, we're just talking about blockers and like vacation friends. Like he's probably one of the funnier comedians out there, like in the movie scene. And it, it's awesome. Like, I'm glad he found like his niche. Um, but same thing with The Rock, you know, um, I, I wasn't sure um, what to expect of him. And um, that was my favorite thing was the Black Adam teaser. And that scene, yeah, it was badass. Definitely got like the Black Adam vibes that I was hoping for. Yeah, he looks like powerful, intimidating, just awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there there was a ton more stuff that was announced, so be sure to check it out, even with the video game um, stuff. And there was some comics that were announced. Um, I know they announced something about a Batman animated series that they're working on, but they didn't show any footage. It was just like details, so I guess they're not that far out yet. But cool stuff coming from DC. Um, let's just hope that it's as cool as they make it sound when they announce it. <laughs> Yeah, um, like the, <laughs> I saw the trailer for the Gotham Knights game. I thought that one looked pretty slick. Yeah, dude, I love that it's co-op. So um, that's definitely something like I love the Arkham uh, franchise games. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what a game like that without Batman looks like. And like the fact that you can do co-op and like have all these different characters and like different move sets and like abilities and all that stuff and play with your friends and like an open-esque world like i'm all for it and i 100 percent am down with playing as red hood dibs so i play with you guys just that just to let you know dibs all right, all right. <laughs> there you go um daniel you can be batgirl i'm fine with that she kicks awesome. butt yeah yeah i'm like shit i, I made the wrong choice <laughs> it's because i i find you both um not sexually attractive but like emotionally attractive thank you you're welcome that was a compliment okay, it, 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 came, it came out it came out weird like a, a little bit um joe goldberg from you but <laughs> um i meant it with kindness well thank you um, for the kind words yeah, but before we jump into the old ways, um, let's. It is October, so everybody's watching scary movies. But what have you guys been watching? You guys watch any any horror films that have been interesting? Uh, well, with the recent hangout on Tuesday, trying to introduce a friend, baby steps into horror. We watched um, Cabin in the Woods, and that's actually one of my absolute favorite movies, Classic. just because it's a you know twisted, dark cynical comedy horror movie so i had a blast <laughs> with that one and she absolutely enjoyed it and she actually called 90 percent of the movie was gonna happen next so that was pretty fucking no cool. shit yeah that's I interesting like, I was like, what gigantic <laughs> hand comes out <laughs> no didn't call that but that, i'm like okay whatever what the fuck you watched this already get out <laughs> yeah, you're like you read the wikipedia get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man and, that's crazy because that's that movie throws some curveballs at you. Like it does. It, it's it's things that like just don't quite fit. Like I love it, 
but like it's it's nothing that kind of like breadcrumbs you there <laughs> yeah so kudos uh, and, kudos Alyssa. <laughs> and she loved uh that the weed made the basically sobered up the stoner that was her favorite character too <laughs> yeah man the, the stoners always have the level head if i ever get <laughs> caught in a horror you know type situation i'm sneaking with the pod head unless it's a down you know (laughs) it is dude yeah it expands your mind to like things that we don't think of um but yeah um what about you justin you you've watched anything yeah i've been watching lots of horror uh this month for sure i think the i watched trick or treat oh classic classic one yeah um trying to think of some of the newer ones i watched like the empty man that new hbo original oh the one based off of that um comic book series right it was like a mini series yeah it was like a boom studios movie Uh, um it was interesting it was a little heavy-handed at parts and like slow paced at some parts but it did some cool stuff at the same time It's one that I have not seen. I actually got an early like digital copy of it and I remember downloading it and I never got around to it. So like I feel bad, but I was intrigued. Um I got like just based off of the cover, like I got like Slenderman vibes and yeah. Slenderman kind of creeps me out. So I I kind of put it on the back burner and then I just forgot about it. But if you recommend it, I will watch it. I'd say it's worth a watch. All right. Okay. I'll put it on my queue. It's on Prime right now, isn't it? I know I saw it on a streaming service. It's on HBO Max. HBO Max. There you go. That works. Um, for me, um, I'm always watching horror movies, so this month hasn't been really different. But like, I like to low-key put on horror movies that I think my wife will like while she's in the room to like suck her in. Um, so um the the one i did that most recently with was the faculty which isn't really a horror movie by like horror movie standards these days but it's an it's an awesome like alien invasion film and i put it on and she loved it um i've been watching a lot of the hulu films hulu kind of they have great movies on there yeah um the thing about Hulu is that it doesn't like give me much information to go on or like a rating system or anything like that. So like, I really have to like make a, a, a leap of faith, if you will, with those films, but I put one on, um, they, they opened up like an iconic horror movie, like list. And there, I was watching one. I haven't finished it. I was watching it before we started recording called the fun house. And they basically get these like, social media like stars or influencers i should say and they put them in this game and it's basically like a popularity contest they let them record a short video to their fans like talking about whatever they want just to get people to like them and whoever gets the lowest rating has to do a challenge and if they fail the challenge they essentially die and um, just to give you an idea as to what they go through, they took the two lowest rated players and they they hung one up like a piñata 
and the other one got blindfolded and given a baseball butt with like spikes on it and she had like a certain amount of time to like beat the shit out of the person to kill them so it's it's gruesome um not like big name actors or anything like that it's got like an indie feel to it but so far i'm pretty intrigued it's got these jigsaw vibes and escape room type movie yes bring on yeah (laughs) um i also saw escape room 2 um i actually really liked the first one um i didn't hear a lot of people talking about it but i really liked the first one um and i saw the second one and it was still good sequels are never as good as the originals um at least i feel that way but um, most of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um this one was all right um they they kind of stuck to the to the cool escape room deaths and the plot at least was cohesive which i appreciated it wasn't like going in this weird ass direction and other than that um uh, we i rewatched all the scream movies after the scream trailer came out um I fucking love Scream. It's probably one of my favorite franchises. It's a great franchise. Yeah, and I'm probably one of the weirder fans because I actually prefer the newer films. So if I listed them favorite to least favorite, I start from like the latest one to the first one is my least favorite, which is probably not how a lot of people feel. But yeah, I like the first one the most. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I hear a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, um, but I'm really looking forward to the first, to the new one. Um, the trailer was pretty sick, and yeah, I like the actors great. that they announced. So, um, Jenna Ortega was awesome in in You season two. So we'll see who survives because they like to kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings us to what we are here to talk about. Um, what was the movie called? The Old Ways. <laughs> Let's do that take again. I was gonna... <laughs> um, I definitely I'll... watched this movie. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll start with you, Daniel. Um, what what was your first impression of the film? I I know I kind of hyped it up for you because I I particularly really enjoyed it. Um, but I know you said you had some opinions, so I'm I'm curious to hear those. Um, so hit me with it, man. What did you think? Honestly, I just got to say I was, uh, you know, expecting a little bit more. Um, and by that, I guess I would just say I was expecting um, maybe more like supernatural stuff kind of happening, that sort of thing. Um, just because I, you know, when you're watching Nexus a movie, you, you know, I just think back of uh, the one from the was it 80s or was it? late 70s the original exorcist the exorcist uh-huh yeah yeah so I was thinking more of those vibes along the line so more a lot of supernatural stuff coming on um so you know there was some stuff going on which was pretty cool um i like the effects actually but i was just expecting a little bit more maybe they didn't have the budget to do more like jump scares kind of thing but whenever i watch like a, an exorcism movie i just I, I expect to be feeling, you know, kind of like dread after the movie's over and like that feeling of uneasiness. And this one didn't make me feel uneasy. So that's why I thought it was a little bit weak. But overall, it was still really entertaining. Um, and again, the special effects are actually pretty cool for what the movie was. Yeah. Um, 
I'm 100% with you on that. And um, I'm in agreement. But to me, like, that's part of the, I guess I would call the charm of the movie. And I would assume it more than likely had to be a budget issue. But to me, it, it kind of felt like they left a lot to the imagination. And as a comic reader, I guess that's something that I appreciated because I feel like when you're reading comics, you kind of have to like bring that to life yourself, you know, um, right. with the art and reading it. So that was kind of like what I liked, but I'm 100% with you. Um, at no point was I afraid or any sort of dread or like anxiety. It was more of a, um, like it was really gruesome. And like seeing her pull that stuff out of her mouth, oh, and God, like the big, the yeah, the big hairball and all that good stuff, like uh, it, it wasn't fun. I I didn't like it, and <laughs> it like it it triggered some of my, um, my phobias, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, and I hate milk, and watching her drink all that goat's wow. milk was <laughs> fucking disgusting. I hated it. I mean, the um, first scene, they they fucking pretty much uh, waterboard her with the milk. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It wasn't nothing like where, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, oh, okay, like it, it had like a finality to it and it didn't really like, to me, it felt like everything was really disconnected. Like, they had so many like potential like storylines or like things they could like further dive into like the hanging man or the broken man whatever he was called and like the posteki or whatever the death god that mm -hmm. supposedly like um a possessor like all these things you know um like they touched on a lot of like I don't know if I'm say, saying the word right, but like deities, is that what it is? Um, deities. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like deities. Yeah. Um, you know, they touched on a lot of that with like all these different like exorcisms that they were performing. And like, there was really grounds to like further expand on that. But like, it just seemed like they talked about it and they're like, okay, onto this. And so mm -hmm. like, to me, it kind of felt like, the story wasn't really like flowing naturally and like the writing kind of lost its way and just kind of jumped back and forth and became combobulated. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciated most of the movie. Um, there was like, it, it, it is, it's a slower burn for a horror movie. And mm -hmm. so that's where, you know, you don't really have a lot of, big jump scares are like super uh i guess not a lot of like action or a lot of like repeated stuff where like you know like if you're watching like a like um like an amityville horror type of right mm -hmm. possession or like uh something like that where like the house is freaking you out every other uh every other scene but i really I didn't mind that. Like I've been, in, I've I've been appreciating a lot more slow burn slow burn horror lately, and mm -hmm. I felt like they were going for a lot of metaphorical stuff for this movie. So I felt like that was more their goal rather than establishing like a universe or like a right anything right. like that. And um, 
like I I had a lot of like feminist reading to it like the way that like this woman was kind of like captured and forced against her will to do things and things mm-hmm. come out of her body and then it manifests itself as like a demon child you know mm-hmm. it was, yeah there was some interesting metaphorical stuff going on that i appreciated i just thought that the the very ending like the kind of almost post credit scene felt a little tacked on Mm-hmm. For like a hey, we could do a sequel maybe or something. I don't know. Right. right. Where I was kind of like, y'all needed a different edit here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could go along with like your metaphor theory too. Like definitely, you know, with the boss, like hey, you know, you pushed me around, you you did this, so it's a you know, you got a demon in you, and uh, you know, let me take care of you. Let me, yeah. we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciated um to your point, like the like touching on the inner demons you know with the drug use and you know like her her depression and like um you know like the suicidal tendencies or thoughts and all that stuff you know like it it essentially feeding on her because she felt broken um so yeah i i really thought that was really cool and probably one of like the stronger aspects of the movie um and I, by all means, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I definitely would watch it again. Um, but I, I guess it's up to interpretation. I mean, much like anything, um, I mean, some things probably, some of the metaphors went over my head, and that's probably where I felt the disconnection. Um, but I definitely would recommend this movie to somebody. Um, but what do, what do you guys think? Um, thinking uh, about the witchcraft aspect of it, which I, I don't think I see too much of it in horror movies. And it, honestly, like Mexican witchcraft has always been something that really freaks me out. Um, just being <laughs> around it in my upbringing, um, you know, so, um, you know, what are your thoughts, um, Justin? Um, do, you, do you have much, um, I don't want to say experience, but like much knowledge about like Mexican witchcraft? Uh, I wouldn't say I have a lot of knowledge on it. No, I've watched a few, uh, you know, movies here and there that have delved into it or things like that. I would say that this is one of the better representations I've seen of it in film. Um, I really loved like the makeup and yeah, yeah, and the performances were all done really well. I felt like the cast was was the right cast. Um. Yeah, um, I, I read an interview. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I read an interview where they talked to the creators and they said that the most challenging thing for them was trying to put together a whole film that like brought all these different aspects into the film in such a small space because they filmed that entire movie in like that one room, essentially, for the better part of it. Mm-hmm. And... I think that was probably where they had trouble with the jump scares as well, because I mean, you only have four corners. I mean, how, <laughs> how many, <laughs> you can probably scare people once or twice before <laughs> they know where it's coming from. Um, so I thought that was really cool too, because you, I, I don't see that a lot either is, you know, filming, um, you know, to the point that we made with like host, um, you know, filming something a different way because, 
of you know the limitations you have with the pandemic they had to you know film the film the host film you know like on zoom and all that Mm -hmm. like them being limited for whatever reason to that location in that room like they did what they did the way they had to which was probably one of my favorite parts yeah they did a good job of it being like a claustrophobic feel Mm -hmm. you're very restrained like the character the protagonist is um to that room and then that house um and like other than peeking outside once or twice like that's it Uh, and i thought that was done pretty well like having the dark corner where you could see the eyes every once in a while Mm -hmm. you know flipping the bed over and yeah it felt like they did they handled the the space pretty well for what it was and I had a couple of moments where I was like tense, like when they were like ripping stuff out of her gut. <laughs> yeah, that was gnarly. So, yeah, the like the surgery. Yeah, that was cool. That was a great scene. And then yeah, the puking hair pulling that out. That was like getting my gag reflex going. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I was sure. I was one scene away from like there being eyeballs involved before I just puked because eyeballs for me is like <laughs> where I draw the line. Um, <laughs> That's funny. When I played so, um, like, uh, Terminators, like your like your <laughs> dude, yes, and there was one time playing video games that I've thrown up because of eyeballs, and that was in Dead Space when they put the needle through his eyes. Oof. And oh my god, I paused it and I was like, <laughs> it, "It's a big trigger for me." Kristen's such a jerk about it, especially like in October when they have the Halloween stuff out because we go look at the Halloween decorations and at Target they always have the same damn decoration that's like this doorknob and you push the button and this fucking eyeball pops open and just starts moving back and forth and I I can't. It's not even that it scares me. It just turns my stomach. And I have a weak stomach to begin with. I'm a sympathy puker too. When my dogs puke, I puke. If I if I try to clean it up, it, it's stupid. Like, I have a stupid stomach. Maybe I, I, I need them. I don't like other people puking either. I'll, I'll gag. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, so going back to the witchcraft, um, you know, I wouldn't say I have, like, had direct contact with, like, Mexican witch, witchcraft or anything like that. Like, the closest to me um, would be, like, at one point, my father had some really bad burns. Um, I think our car overheated. I was, I was very young. I think a car overheated, and he tried to pop the lid off, and it just, like, exploded. And he got, you know, burns from the water. And he went to the doctor and he wasn't getting better. So they took him to, um, what are they called? Uh, curanderos, right? Like the the healers. And um, I, I think that's what they're called. They're, they're called curanderos and they're like, almost like healers. They're not even, I don't even know that they're considered like witch doctors or anything, but they did like a, a healing for him and they put like this paste on him. And just natural remedy stuff and he actually got better because he he was going downward for a while um from infections i'm assuming so um, again i was very young i don't know the full story but that's like the closest i've ever been to like 
this world but you know just based on my research it it's some pretty gnarly stuff you know with um especially like in veracruz where the, the movie is supposed to be set in um i found out that a lot of the 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 deities and you know um like the posteki and all that it's it's not it's not real which I'm not sure if they did it because they were afraid to use real ones, which I don't blame them, but like the death god that they use and um, all that stuff, it's it's nothing that really exists, but it's all very similar to other deities that do exist in that same culture, um, which was kind of gross because um, Posteki, the one they reference in the film, um, is actually, they're saying that the, well, from what I read, they think that it's based off of the Zastic God of the Dead. And apparently he was a tall, bloody skeleton with like sharp teeth. And he had a necklace made of human eyeballs, of all things. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was cool um, that they kind of like let their own creative juices flow and like wanted to make their own creatures and all that. But um <laughs> You just made me realize something. So I saw Iron Maiden four years ago when they did the uh, Book of the Dead tour. Uh And the entire stage was set up like an Aztec Mayan temple. And Eddie came out and he literally had a big ass bone in his hand and he was rocking out. And he was just a red skeleton with a necklace of eyeballs and teeth. Oh man, that's awesome! Well, oh, I never caught that. I didn't know that was you know the god of the he was the god, god of the dead. Damn. Well, thank you for making me realize it. You're welcome, man. Thank you. <laughs> it means so much more now. Yeah. <laughs> Made in no six. Nice. From like five feet away, I caught a pick from Dave Murray. Oh, that's awesome. I still have never seen a concert live. What? You yeah, um, I was coheed. Like, COVID shows that like they might not, they could go away. I know that that'd be sad <laughs> if I never get that chance. Coheed was supposed to be my first one, and that was right when the pandemic hit, and they canceled their show. And now I don't even know if they're ever planning on coming back to Phoenix, at least not anytime soon. Um, so that sucked because I was really looking forward to seeing them, but some some something will come up hopefully if they do still do them like find like a like a 70 dollars show of like some old 90s band (laughs) you know at like a small town feel like it's still an awesome experience it's definitely worth going all right i'll take you up on that i know the casino over um in yuma arizona a few hours from us always does concerts still they're like mm-hmm. we they give no fucks <laughs> so uh, maybe i'll just buy tickets yeah <laughs> i'll have to check it out i'll take you up on that um but uh yeah so the deities weren't real the cave wasn't real but a lot of it was influenced by this town in veracruz which actually is one that like I don't want to say they worship, I guess they worship him. I don't know. They he's a big influence in this town, um, the Aztec god of the dead. And I thought it was interesting because like they do have um a cave called La Cueva del Diablo, which is the devil's cave. And they have like a high witch or sorcerer 
And a lot of them are like healers, but there's also witch doctors that kind of um, worship the devil. But like they always have like this annual like Congress where they all get together on the first Friday of March. Okay, and that's I, I just so think, weird. <laughs> I just think it's yeah, like it's so weird that they have like a high priestess and like all these people like they either worship like essentially like the light or the dark, you know, part of their craft. But like they all still get together one day a year, like. Like, imagine if, like, the Jedi and the Sith got together once a year and just partied, you know? (laughs) I feel like the way to look at it, like, of what I know of, of, like, other forms of witchcraft and what I know of just of Mexican culture, which is not to say a lot, but it's rather than, like, worship, I would say more, like, they they respect, (laughs) you know, like they revere like gods of death and and dark entities and things like that like it's more protection and like res- like you know the kind of fear and and respect i would say rather than like pure worship yeah it could have been you know just poor choice of words in the articles that i saw um because yeah they they kept saying that they worship the devil and maybe it is a misunderstanding of you know what it actually means to them um but yeah you know i just thought it was really interesting that it's so heavily influenced in this town because that's that's essentially like what christina walks into and you know unknowingly you know she she was told of this cave and you know maybe the darkness insiders what got her so excited to like explore it but like to me that that just seems really crazy i'm like but uh, i don't want to say scary but intimidating to like walk into a town and see it like excuse me just overrun you know with this belief and respect for all these like different things because there is a lot of tourism there they said that a lot of tourists go there to get healed it's definitely culture shock you know it's definitely yeah but apparently goat milk cleanses your soul um, really? For those of you that didn't know, yeah, probably not when it's shoved down your throat, though. <laughs> it looks so clumpy too, like it's spoiled or curled. So black. That first, yes, comfortable. Yeah, like giving her milk. I was like, okay, fine. But that first scene where it was like a muzzle, <laughs> yeah, the whole funnel down her throat. I was like, jeez, waterboarding yeah. with gun. <laughs> it literal like waterboarding. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable, and that's like, uh, milk is disgusting to me, so I, no, thank you. I don't think I've ever even tried goat's milk, and I don't want to. Um, I would request, like, almond milk or something. <laughs> so, can I get a substitute, please? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I was... Like a vegan friendly. Can, can I get a venti frap? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really curious about the milk because it, it, it obviously played a role in it. And they like it, it had to mean something. So I was really curious about that. It was one of the first things I looked up. And um, yeah, um, apparently in, in their culture, goat's milk is meant to purify your soul. 
and like removes the darkness from inside you. So if you're ever feeling possessed, drink some goat's milk. Wait, I got a question though. So in Mexico, they sell goat's milk candy and you know, those cookies that are made with the goat's milk. Would that oh. qualify as a, <laughs> a substitute? I'd be like, can I get a shot of insulin and some cookies, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you'll have to ask that, man. You'll have to wait till you get kidnapped and <laughs> and just ask them how, how they feel. Um, but in the new tradition that we are starting, um, Justin, I forgot to mention to this to you. We are going to be rating our films on the dead rooster system. So one to 10 dead roosters, uh, what would you rate this film? I would go with a solid like seven and a half roosters. Oh man, you chopped up a rooster. I respect that. (laughs) Bottom or front half of the rooster? (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll go with the top half. All right. Fair enough. I respect that. And what about you, Daniel? (laughs) I'm actually changing mine to heroin needles. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, with again, with how entertaining it was, and even though you know, there are some things that meh, did bum me out, um, because it didn't meet certain expectations, I'm actually gonna give it a sev- seven dead roosters. I, I respect that, all right. So, we got a, a seven average so far, and I'm gonna give it a solid eight dead roosters just so we can have an average of 7.5 dead roosters. Um, I, I feel like it had the potential and for a film that not a lot of people um, talked about, I I really respect what they were able to do. Um, but I think that this movie would have done a lot better if Squid Game hadn't come out around the same time because that took over the world. I'm okay like, i'm one of those people that like when when the hype blows up i'm like i'm i'm not gonna go with the hype i'm gonna be six months behind on purpose <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really great series and you honestly don't have to rush to watch it unless you're worried about spoilers because obviously the internet is blowing up with it but memes they Yeah, they already talked to the creator, and just to give you a little backstory, um, so this guy worked on this series, right, and he was heavily influenced by Battle Royale, which if you watch it, you will totally see that. Um, I've seen Battle Royale, so cool. Yeah, and he, at one point, he had to sell his laptop so he could afford to continue working on this. And he finished the series and it took him six months to write the first two episodes unedited. And he got feedback from his friends and anybody that was willing to help him out with it. And he finished the series in 2009 and it took this guy 10 years of studios turning him down because they said it was too complex and gruesome and that they didn't think it was going to appeal to commercial viewers. And it wasn't until he was able to get a meeting with Netflix and they were like, fuck yeah, this sounds cool. Let's do it. So I I really honestly like the story behind the creation of this is awesome. But he already said that he is more than 
willing to do a sequel, but it's nothing that he's going to be able to like just pull out of his butt in a year. Like he said, it would take time for him to be able to like come up with something that Good, that though. fits That's yeah good. yeah i can respect that though yeah major respect i hate yeah just forced because we need more money but while the, like we got to strike while the iron's hot it's like no like the fans will wait exactly yeah i mean this thing sat for 10 years and you know for the most part you know 10 years a lot of people's mindset changes and the show still held up. So, um, and yeah, you know, especially when you land with a streamer like Netflix, like the pressure can be pretty heavy to like keep producing for them and like give them more. But yeah, I really appreciate him um, after reading the interviews and stuff and like hearing everything he had to go through to like put this together. Like it's it's a really clever series and I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but like it, it definitely has its own flair. Um, and you see the the influences that that he pulled from, um, but yeah, it was fantastic and like it made me looking forward to it. Yeah, it made me feel things. Uh, it was really emotional. Um, the characters were great. I I actually preferred watching it in Korean with subtitles. Like it just felt more natural. Yeah, but um, subs over dubs these days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the the dub was not bad. Um, it definitely wasn't wasn't badly done. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I absolutely love the series. Um, but yeah, you know, with how long it might take them to put it together, um, I don't think you should feel rushed to watch it. You definitely have time. But I know we lured everybody here. <laughs> with talks of horror movies and Mexican witchcraft. And we were going to promise you guys the secrets to, to life. Um, but for those of you that don't know and haven't heard Justin on our show before, he's actually a comic book writer. Um, he is not just a pretty face and a hell of a squad mate. When you play video games with him, he actually writes comics. And for those of you that are familiar with Finger Guns, um, he is the writer of Finger Guns for Vault Comics. We love Vault here, and you already know we love Finger Guns because that's when our friendship started. But you do have another project coming up called I Only Have Eyes for You. Um, I, I'm really happy that you shared this with me because I'm super psyched for it. But I want to give you time to tell us everything about it, man. You know, just tell us the story of how this came to be what it's about who you're working with um, give it to us all i yeah i appreciate the 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 time and the offer to to talk about it uh so yeah this is uh an original superhero story that i'm working on uh pat it in the back of the, like on the back burner for a year or two now and it's come a long way and it's coming to Kickstarter on November 2nd. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh sorry. It's about um, a, a superhero who is capable of any superpower, but only in service of defeating one particular villain. And he doesn't know that. So we kind of 
see him as a kid as he shows signs of being a super a super powered individual but he can never figure it out and replicate it and control it it just seems to come and go whenever it pleases and yeah we kind of follow his journey as he has this dream of being a superhero and after years of not being able to figure it out we catch back up with him as an adult kind of sad and depressed and having given up on his dream until it kind of forces its way back into his life again that sounds awesome um i gotta ask man um you know with with like the way you explain the series like it, there's definitely tons of potential and i mean if i was the head of a comic publisher like and you brought this to me i'd be like hell yeah like <laughs> let's do this i mean but then again that's me <laughs> um like was there any thought of bringing this to a publisher or is this something you just kind of wanted to bring to life on your own the the initial thought was to go with a publisher and pitch it but every time that i've ever talked to a publisher and mentioned the term original superhero uh that that talk gets shut down rather quick in most conversations and so uh after kind of loosely getting rejected for it a couple of times and thinking about it i just thought about i had this other success with kickstarter and i'd been seeing kickstarter you know blow up as much as it has in mm-hmm. the year and i was just like i'll do it myself <laughs> and so here we are um i teamed up with jimmy kutai for the art and uh we've got alex santalo on colors and tobin rasicott on uh letters and it's just gonna be a killer team later they're all bringing the fire really excited about all the character designs we have coming in we're working on yeah i mean um yeah just looking at the concept art i mean it it's fucking awesome like there's there's no other way to put it um i want to go down down the list um of the characters and i know on some of them you already said you don't want to release too much information so you just tell us what what you feel comfortable sharing so um in a ways I'm um, so an open book with this because I really do want people to get hyped. So I'm right down to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, starting with the passenger, which is probably one of my most intriguing, like the ones I'm most intrigued about. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 can we expect to see from the passenger? Or can you tell us how he was created and came to life? Because he looks fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the passenger, it's that's a character that's hard to fit into like the elevator pitch. So I appreciate you bringing them up since you got to check out the script and see the design. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, every time that our lead character, his name's Link, uh, short for Lincoln, he uh, every time that he has superpowers that pop up randomly, um, he sees this mysterious figure call it that he calls the passenger um, because he has no idea what it is or who they are but they're there every time that his powers activate um and it's kind of i can't give too much away on that one because it is right mysterious but basically we'll explore more about what 
the passenger is to Link and what it has to do with his powers and, you know, <clears throat> see, there's, I'm not real good at like answering questions. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> when, well, like, I mean, like, I like presenting mysterious stuff and then not always hit like handholding for it. Right. So, like, I don't know how many answers I'm going to give, but I'll give some. We'll definitely see some more about it and Link will discover more. Yeah, about I mean, what's there's. Going on. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a good hook, man, especially, you know, with the idea behind of like the universe you're trying to build. Um, you know, not everybody knew everything about every single character as the Marvel universe was being built or even the DC universe, you know, so um, it, it's cool to like have these mysterious cre creatures, um, thinking of horror films here, uh, mysterious characters that, you know, you can appeal to and like be interested by and still not have all the answers. And that hook is what's going to keep bringing back bringing people back but the next one um this dude looks absolutely cool <laughs> and, and i love the the concept art because he looks like he's just jamming out um so <laughs> talk to us about justice yeah so justice is my kind of take on so i've i've created a full uh avengers justice league type team for this universe uh they're called the paladin pals and the um, justice is like a a veteran and he's kind of my take uh it's it's my take on daredevil combined with some other stuff um i thought it would be funny like i wanted to play with a lot of the tropes and a lot of the the powers and stuff and kind of poke fun here and there and so mm -hmm. um the way that like daredevil is is blind but can see through like vibrations and and stuff like it's similar but uh the the catch is that justice has to use high-pitched screeching like real bats do for echolocation oh that's so, what that is okay yeah. oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah. but it's also like can be a powerful like canary cry type power so that's what you see in the character design and You'll meet Justice very early in the comic. You'll see them in the uh, the preview pages that'll be on the on the Kickstarter page here soon. Awesome. Um, this is probably this was my favorite character before you shrouded all this mystery on on the passenger mm -hmm. and um, time signature. Um, so. Time Signature's power, if I remember correctly, is influenced by the type of music they're listening to, right? Yeah, so she's a speedster, but she's my take on a speedster, which is that her speed abilities are different depending upon the music that she's listening to. So it affects whether she's moving fast or whether she slows down time around her. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like she can manipulate different things. And she, uh, there, we don't even necessarily know everything about what her powers can do. I have a lot of ideas for her. She's one of my favorite characters that I have some tragic backstory for. 
that I hope to tell someday. So is, um, well, let's talk about the characters and then I'll, I'll ask you this question. Um, Jade looks awesome. I'm, I'm in love with Jade and just the, the design is like elegant, but like I get the vibe of like Lucifer, you know, it's like, like they got this like flashy, like dominance about them, just looking at them. What can you tell us about Jade? Yeah, so Jade is our series villain. Um, she's the one who Link's powers are unknowingly linked to. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bumps. Right. Uh, she is a genius and a badass bitch, basically. Um, she knows how brilliant she is, and she's kind of in tradition of my my writing style has a tragic backstory um uh where she kind of has always felt like her intelligence was belittled by superpowers like her intelligence wasn't ever seen as a superpower even though she mm. can you know do amazing things um so that kind of has helped her develop a level of scorn towards super uh superpowered individuals and so she works with them but kind of secretly against them you know un unknown to unbeknownst to the rest of the the paladin pals until later in the book right on um yeah um, this character when i first saw her um she kind of fits in like perfectly into like something like the wicked and the divine the divine um just like the way about her like it's it's just such a cool character concept yeah yeah <laughs> um super excited about her um and i love that you like went with the intelligence aspect because that's probably like one of the popular like villain abilities that doesn't get touched on unless you're like Lex Luthor or something. Yeah, that was um, kind of my thought when I thought of when I was thinking about who the villain would be, like who would be able to to threaten somebody who's capable of any superpower. And so it was somebody that could outthink that and out and you know outperform it with technology and and smarts. And so yeah, it was kind of like, what if it was Lex Luthor, but like even more maniacal and bad, more badass to be honest. Yeah, like Lex is already a big enough of a threat. You throw this in, <laughs> definitely open some doors. <laughs> and the last uh, character designs you shared with us was um, Link's parents, um, his mom and dad. Mm -hmm. um, how other than like in his childhood do... Do they play any like particular role in like where his story is headed at all? They they do in that. Um, so like a lot of what I wanted to do with telling an original superhero story was to be truly original, and so I wanted to not as much as I've mentioned tragic backstories already tonight a couple of times. Uh, I wanted to not necessarily like just have him have dead parents or have parents who are you know 
pieces of shit that he hates you know i wanted them to be supportive and there you know and so as an adult i um you don't see them as much but they're very involved in the early years uh that we see at the very beginning of the book and they'll definitely pop up throughout the series as we go right on and yeah you know you mentioned that you know you you've brought up tragic stories a couple of times and you know if you're listening to this you you might be like well every superhero has a tragic backstory but i will say this um some of my favorite one of my favorite things about your writing is your ability to like turn like tragedy and like like real issues like depression like domestic violence and all this stuff like you always present it in a way that's like very relatable and like it, it resonates to like people that have gone through this so it's not going to be your typical uncle ben is dead scenario <laughs> it's it's definitely you always give things like your signature and they're always very unique and interesting and like i always relate with them uh, with your zine you know um silent night like with the mental health and all that like it it was awesome dude like it's definitely a gift Uh, i appreciate that that means a lot um i do try to always think outside the box and do something that I haven't seen before, or at least do something in an honest way or a way that I would want to see it be done, you know? So right. I'm glad that, that you feel that way. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Um, big fan, even before you started carrying me on video games. Um, <laughs> uh, but Daniel, I know um, you had a chance to take a quick peek um, at some of the art and, and uh, the article that we wrote for for the series, um, mm-hmm. well, what were your thoughts on it? Do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, first of, for me. <laughs> first of all, if Justin carries you and you carry me, then like I must be like obsolete and really bottom of the totem pole when it comes to gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> Justin, um, you are a god. <laughs> don't sell that. I'm not that good. We're not. They they hype me up all the time, and it's, it's I do nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, actually, I really do dig the the artwork. Um, I have a thing for speedsters, so definitely think that I'm gonna have a favorite character in this. Um, uh, nice. though you just gave us a little bit of detail. I know you don't want to give much. Um, and I just want to go with like the whole Jade thing. I, I get like with that menacing look and lo- the suit. Um, I just get like uh, Kilgrave vibes, like Purple Man. And I don't, mm. and that's kind of hyping me up for the character a lot more. And I'm actually excited for this too. But I did have one question for you. Um, with this, you know, being like an independent, um, you know, work and, uh, you're not going to like any of the main publishers, like, can you go into detail how all of that works? Um, even outside of like the Kickstarter, can you go, go into that? Yeah, totally. So, um, to, to help basically because I'm not taking it to a publisher and I'm deciding to print it myself, that's a really expensive process to pay for art and to pay for the print so that's where the kickstarter comes in with fundraising you know you present the project as i'm trying to do with 
these previews and there's going to be even more stuff coming up in the next like we launch in less than three weeks so there's just going to be a lot of stuff coming up here real soon it's pretty cool we have a lot of cool rewards uh we're doing prints multiple ones so there's going to be some non like there's going to be one from jimmy and one from at least one uh artist who's not on the book is going to be doing a print and a uh, few other things that I won't I won't give away just yet. It's going to be really awesome though. And uh, anyway, that so once if if we reach the goal that we have in mind, which is a hefty one this time, because it's a it's the the length of the book is over a hundred pages, so it is oh, a, it's thick uh, for a comic. So uh, it's going to be around that twenty thousand dollar range for our goal which is a lot, but I'm, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in this story. So I'm hoping that people will jump on board and, and back it. Um, and so once we reach the goal, then the money gets transferred to me and then I will pay the artists to finish drawing and coloring and lettering the book. And then once it's all ready, we'll make it into a nice PDF for the digital files and then send it off to the printers and then, have to wait to get them in the mail and then I ship them off to everyone who backed. That's uh, it. I feel like it, it comes with a lot of grunt work on your end to like kind of handle all the jobs that probably get delegated to other people when you're writing for a publisher. But I mean, to be able to say that you did this all on your own and like, like you said, you know, the way Kickstarter has just exploded and you know i've seen people hitting two hundred thousand dollar marks and and all this stuff um it's you definitely should not be worried i don't want to jinx it but i i have all all the confidence in the world that that you'll reach the goal and they better because i want to read this (laughs) yeah um i wouldn't ask for it if i didn't think it was worth it you know and i Mm -hmm. think it was worth it if i didn't have the faith in it so i definitely i feel like it's worth that money and i feel like it's it's got a good chance at it because it is going to be it's something special i'm really excited about this like this is the first series that i've written that when i developed it i instantly had an idea for three volumes and a spinoff so like it's a it's a passion project on this one for sure that I've had in my back pocket for a couple of years that I've just been right the right time and it feels it's now luckily so you have it um so you kind of have it mapped out a little further out just yeah and uh, just hoping to is this something that you're hoping to like be the writer behind all of this or are you kind of looking for something like Spawn, you know, where Todd was behind it for the longest time and now the Spawn universe after all these years is starting to like come to life? Um, you know, is, is that the end game, just kind of bringing other talent in at the end? No, I've got the three volumes planned and it's kind of a it's kind of a, a finite ending, I think, but there is a lot of, it's a big universe. I am creating an entire original universe with a lot of characters. Uh, it's the biggest cast I've ever written. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And we play with a lot of 
play with a lot of the the fun aspect of of superheroes um like i'll give you a little little tease of an exclusive on another character that's part of the the paladin pals uh their name is his name's uh dog whisperer <laughs> he's, he's my aquaman but he talks to dogs but only in whispers oh man so, okay yeah, he, he has like a network of dogs that help him and stuff it's pretty great dude that's the coolest thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 really we're creative have a lot of fun so um you saying daniel oh, i was just saying that's really creative <laughs> oh thanks i love it yeah. man <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun like i said like i'm playing with all the tropes i i'm making fun of of dark and gritty and having more fun and so i'm really which is something that we don't we don't get too often and you know just from what you've told us and what i've seen like honestly like i get black hammer vibes um just with like the universe you're trying to create because i feel like black hammer always has a beginning and an end but it always like expands somehow and it always works um, you know, and it's not like Marvel where like it's always an open-ended book, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I love, you know, my series from the big two every now and then. But I ever since I started reading indie comics, like uh, we were just talking about this yesterday where, you know, there's uh, something about indie comics that always come with like a mapped out um story like from beginning to end you know it's there there's always there's always something to look forward to with the possibility of there being more in the future and it's not just like this giant open-ended book that has no end in sight so yeah i mean i'm definitely looking forward to it and um if you're a fan of black hammer you'll definitely probably love this and if you're a fan of life or uh pizza um you'll love this um (laughs) <laughs> if you're a fan of anything good you'll love this um but definitely um definitely worth a shot even if it's not something that you know you've probably dabbled in before um it's always good to be part of something that's starting from the beginning um just so you can say i was there um so we're definitely looking forward to being a part of it and um before we and the episode i do want to give you a chance to let people know when it will launch and if you know the link by heart if not we'll link it in the in the comment section it's really long (laughs) (laughs) because it's like the full title and i'm an oh gotcha dork who likes stupidly long titles so it's like kickstarter.com slash emo comic writer and then like a bunch of other slashes with like I only have eyes for you uh, the tale of one obscure hero something like that so definitely look in the description for the uh, <laughs> we will do that it is launching on November 2nd uh, 2021 in case this, you're listening to this in the future in which case thanks for listening you, yeah you missed out though <laughs> uh, Hopefully it's it's uh, been picked up by Image and it's a huge movie franchise by now and you can go find it anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, this is now a Netflix series. <laughs> that is not the end goal, just so we can. Uh, but 
Uh, yeah, so November 2nd on Kickstarter, you can look in the comic book section, it'll be there. Graphic novels, you can search by name, I only have eyes for you, it'll be there. It, it, it is there now. Uh, you can go there and get, you can click on the little notify me button so that it'll send you an email when we launch and then send you another email 45, 48 hours before we end uh, which will be in the beginning of December. We're doing like 33 or 34 days, I think, maybe 32. We're doing a couple extra so that it goes into Emerald City Comic Con so that I can hustle it while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah. that's that's definitely a, a good way to get people's eyes on it. Um, but yeah, you know, um, hopefully everything works out, man. I, I know you're going to be visiting us again. Um, for more episodes so we can keep talking about it so hopefully we'll talk horror movies and comics <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so we'll probably be coming back and with that i think um i have a new name for for this segment but we're going to talk about that um so for now this is fear.fm but uh dead roosters pending <laughs> I only said the rooster thing because she kills a rooster in the movie. <laughs> I know, but I love it, man. I I love the the dead rooster scale. You you have me sold. But yes, this is the end of the episode. We are now gone. Signing off.